Welcome to Maximum Octane and your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution in the automotive industry. I'm your host, Kim Hickey, former shop owner turned industry educator, speaker, and entrepreneurial motivator. Each week during our ride together, you will hear unfiltered stories of inspiration and transformation shared by successful business owners and CEOs. Their experiences will motivate you to do things you never thought possible, encourage you to reach your full potential, and help you to exchange unproductive habits for productive ones. While many of my guests will be related to the automotive industry, it's crucial in the world of tomorrow that we stop being silos and we open our minds to ideas and inspiration from other industries as well. We also know that to be truly successful in business, you must have a healthy work and home life balance. All of my guests are handpicked with these crucial elements in mind. Our industry is evolving by the second, and we need to as well. Buckle up, because here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of Maximum Octane. And I'm super excited. And Eric, I, I say this every time, and I feel like I have to explain why, because it's my show, right? So I get to pick who I want. And I, I kind of laugh now. And I'm like, if you ever hear me not say super excited, then that means I don't like my guests and don't really want them here. So um, I know it's repetitive at the beginning of every episode. I'm really excited, but I, I truly am. And that's the, so one day I'll stop explaining it maybe. And they'll just be like, she says that every time, but because I am every time. So Joining me today is uh, one of my colleagues and Mr. Eric Twiggs. How are you? Fantastic. How are you doing, Kim? I am just wonderful. Thank you for asking. And you have a very, I want to say, diverse professional things going on. You you are involved in a lot of things, a lot of things, and I don't know how you keep track of everything. One of these days I need to have you back on for productivity and other things. Cause you're, you're one of the few people I know that truly maximize like every second I think of every day and to get the results that you want. So Eric, in addition to being a full-time coach and making small business owners dreams come true and all of the wonderful things that go with that, you are an author and you have a book titled the discipline of now and you very graciously agreed to give away five signed copies of your book for anybody that emails me and all the links and everything will be at the bottom. So I appreciate that very much. You are certified in executive coaching and profit first and E3 employee engagement and some other things. You're very involved with your fraternity, you are an athlete like you got a lot going on yeah I, do. I get tired just I'm tired <laughs> just and I know I didn't even scratch the surface but I'm frankly tired just talking about all that stuff yeah it, there's a lot I mean there, there's a story that really started my focus on time management and productivity uh, it really for me it started when I was in college right so it was it was my senior year uh, at Hampton University and I'm having this conversation with a good friend of mine. His name is Donnell. And Kim, I have to admit, at the time, he and I were a little different. Like, he was all about his purpose, and I was all about the party. <laughs> and he'd always give me a hard time. Eric, man, you need to get serious. You need to focus and know what you want to do with your life. And I'm like, man, Donnell, loosen up. We have plenty of time for all of that. Are you coming to the frat party with me or not? 
And so several weeks go by, I don't talk to him. But then I get a phone call from his mother informing me of the fact that he was killed in a car accident. <gasps> yeah. Changed everything for me. Sent me a serious message that maybe I don't have as much time as I think to do the things that I need to do. And literally from that moment on, I've been hyper-focused on productivity, time management, overcoming procrastination, and really paying attention. And, and that, that, that literally, I mean, I think about that every day. And that was back when I was in college. So that really is part of the reason that you and I are even talking right now. Wow, that's incredible because many times we have a something that happens in our life that sort of flips us on edge and says, hey, you better pay attention. But then as life goes on and people get busy, you forget, like we know many shop owners and business owners that were like after COVID, we will never be in that position again <laughs> with not marketing and not putting money right. away and not doing whatever. And here we are, some of them doing the same thing. So it's easy to forget those lessons or to kind of push them aside and say, oh, I don't have to worry about that now. One of the other titles that you have is the accountability coach. So imagine this, this sort of ties in together with what happened with your friend and when you sort of flip things around. How did you become the accountability coach? Well, I, I think some of it was, that was the one thing I would hear from members a lot. Like, man, you really hold me accountable. You, and and I, I didn't feel like I was doing anything out of the ordinary. I would just, we'd have a call and I'd say, okay, what are you going to do between now and next time? And they'd say, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And then I would send them a little email with a recap. Okay, Kim is going to do X, Y, and Z. Then we'd have the follow-up call and I'd say, hey, Kim, did you do X, Y, and Z? It's like, wow, you're really holding me accountable. And, and that's just kind of how the, the accountability coach was birthed. And the funny thing is I really started calling myself that and putting myself, putting that out there to the members I work with just to keep me accountable, right? To, it's hard to say you're the accountability coach if you're not holding people accountable. So it was a reminder to me. And it was also, it's a reminder for me to do the things that I say that I'm going to do. Because for me, it's all about, you know, you say, you say something and it's, maybe it's early in the morning, you're in this great mood. But, but to me, True discipline is all about doing the things that you said you would do even after the mood has passed. And that, I think that's what happens with our members a lot, right? They say they're going to do these things. It's COVID. It's this and that. But then the mood passes and they're not as diligent. So that's really what accountability is all about for me. It's easy to tell people to be accountable and give them direction and all that. And there's all those jokes about when you can't do whatever, then teach that, you know, there's all those kind of funny things about that. But I know it's very important to you to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. So what are some of the tips that you have that you hold yourself accountable? How do you do that in your own life? Well, I think it's, it's consistency. So one of the things that I do consistently is I have a three by five card. Right. I always have a three by five card on me. If you ever see me, especially if I've got a shirt pocket on, it's always in my shirt pocket. And I, I try to stick to five. What are the five most critical things that I need to do for that day? And I, I hold myself accountable. And then those are the, I don't care what happens, come hell or high water, those five things need to be done. And that that's really the biggest thing. And it's like the whatever I write down, it's like it nags me. It's like it's calling calling for me. So it could be 
I'm going to update a blog post. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. So it really keeps me on task as far as what it is that I need to do. But that's the biggest thing. I mean, and the other thing is just, you know, having a consistent morning routine, you know, getting to a point where you just do every morning, you do the same things and you keep yourself, whether you're tired or not, whether you feel like it or not. That's the big one, the whether you feel like it or not. And a lot of people don't have the discipline. So many studies show that it's not the best habit to just fly out of bed and brush your teeth and take a shower or whatever, and then go right to your task for the day, right to work, or if it's housework, or if it's you are an author or a painter, whatever, that you really need some time in the morning to prepare your head, think about what's ahead for the day, what do you want to accomplish? What what do you think about those studies? Yeah, I, I think there's some serious truth to that. So what, what most people do is they first thing they do is they grab their phone and they'll start checking email or social media. So now you're starting your day off on somebody else's agenda, right? So you, you get that email, hey, Eric, I need this. And now you're starting your day off thinking, oh man, I got to get this. I got where it does help to start with some type of reflection or meditation, right? Even if it's something you're grateful for or prayer or something, just to kind of get yourself into the right mindset. And it really, it just sets the tone for your day when you start in that way. You know, I know people who, they read something positive or they listen to something positive. Um, I also think move, movement helps too. If it's a walk, exercise, so forth and so on. But yeah, just getting up and just attacking, you know, your, your agenda items doesn't prove to work over time. So in addition to some of the things we mentioned you do, I just, I ran out of like oh, energy for a minute to talk about them all. I, you're, you're a father, very busy father and husband, a podcaster and some other things. So mm-hmm. obviously you have a lot to balance. So how do we get from, you had your aha moment with when Darnell's mom called you and then you are now this very well-rounded person that seems to have magic when it comes to getting everything done and balancing everything and having work-life balance and all of that. How, how did you get from that aha to now? Well, so as I, I just started to notice that as I started focusing on time, I noticed that let's say even like whether it's coaching clients or I have a background where I had 17 locations of 500 employees, right? I started noticing that You can have somebody that gets great results and you can have somebody that gets good results. But a lot of times they know many of the same things. There's not a difference in knowledge and know-how. What I found is that the big difference is, again, the person that gets the great results, they can make themselves do things whether they feel like it or not. We see that with members, right? That's the difference between the good and the great. So I started noticing that pattern and, again, paying attention to time. And then when when it comes to balance, one of, one of the things, my thing on balance is different from what's out there. You know, I think a lot of people think balance is you have to do everything equally. Like you have to, everything has to be divided up in equal amounts of time. That is where, not possible. <laughs> right. Where, where the true balance is just not neglecting the key things, right? You, you may, like I spend more time working. I, I spend the majority of my time doing work. But having said that, I'm not neglecting my family, Right. So I, I have to dedicate time. I have to put, I think, whatever's important to you, you put it on your calendar. So I, I think if something is a priority, you'll find the time. 
you'll, you'll find a way to make it happen. So I think the key is really being clear on what your priorities are and then finding the time, make, making, so that way you're not neglecting them. So you may, you're not spending a hundred percent of time with your family. Maybe it's only 7%, but you're making them a priority. And with, so if you have these different, you can get things done. If you're clear on what your priorities are and your priorities line up with what you want to accomplish ultimately. I'm so glad you mentioned that about balance because there there is an unrealistic goal that some people have because they, whatever talk shows or, you know, whatever that everything has to be this perfect wheel and exact amount of time. And when you're working on anything many times you have to put more time into that than something else. And so because you're not going to achieve the greatness, whether it's being a parent, whether it's being a significant other or anything else, if at certain times you're not putting more energy into something until you get it where you want it, and then you can shift a little bit of the focus or put a little more time towards something else. And I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with of, trying to do that. And I think there's a lot of guilt involved. We're, we have a wonderful society that likes to make everybody feel guilty for not being the perfect dad and the perfect mom and the perfect teacher and the perfect this and the perfect that. And everybody's human, That at least that I know. And so that that's a really tricky thing. And it's okay to put more time and attention to something that you're trying to get to achieve a result from. And then many times it becomes not autopilot, but it's a lot more manageable, right? So accountability. Pardon? I want to say something else on that too, too. I think especially if you're you're talking about the family dynamic and time and being balanced, I think the key thing is communication. So it's it's having that, like, like what happens, a lot of people have a dream, right? They have this passion. So they go all in and start working and just expect everybody in the family to understand that, hey, Daddy's going to be away for a while doing this or that. But I think you have to communicate to say, hey, look, this is what I'm working on. And it's going to take time, you know, for the next X and X years, maybe. I'm going to have to dedicate this time, but the plan is for us to be here. So I think that communication piece can help. And then when you, I think when you are with your, and, and I'm saying this because I haven't always been good at this. And this is actually, it's, been a weak point for me because my attendance. I thought you were saying it's been a week. It's no, been no, a week I, that I've been. <laughs> no, so like a weak point for me has been because I can just keep working. That, that's my natural tendency. I'll just work nonstop. And the family's like, hey, what's up? What, what are you doing? So I, I really had to work to carve out time and put them on the calendar. Uh, and, and that's how I've gotten better with that whole balance piece. But I just wanted to point that out. because I think that's critical. Can you explain a little bit about putting them on the calendar? Because I know people are listening is like, what? So if they're, how old's your youngest? So my youngest is nine years old. So if your nine-year-old comes and says, hey, daddy, can you read me a story? You're like, "Uh, no, you're not on the calendar until Thursday at three o'clock. So sometimes we have to really spell things out. Right. Can you? you... (laughs) Right, because that would be bad, Kim, right? (laughs) So can you elaborate a little bit about, I put it on the calendar. So so we're not, because I'm going to get emails. Yeah, Kim and Eric said, put them on the calendar. It doesn't matter. We don't care. So I, I just want to be clear. So, so my son, like he he's into wrestling, right? So I would look and see, okay, when is the WWE? When are they coming to town? Okay, great. Okay, so I put that on the calendar. That's an event that we go to. 
I, for my daughter, we, I put on the calendar daddy-daughter day, right? We go, we get some food, we go to her favorite store. My wife, we do date night. So I, I want to have that on the calendar. That's what I refer to. So we have specific schedules because I just believe that whatever, if something's a priority, you're going to put it on your calendar. If something's important, you're going to put it on your calendar. And I think that's a, that's a good thing to do um, with people you love as well. And that all ties back to accountability, too, because it, it yes. holds you accountable when you see it on there and you see it's coming. And I think where we get into trouble is when people don't honor that commitment and they just willy nilly start blowing it off or be like, oh, yeah, we're not doing that this week. And there's not a really good reason why it's just this got in the way that got in the way. What advice do you have for our listeners or viewers now that this is on YouTube, too, for keeping those commitments. So when you put something on the calendar, whether it's in your personal life, your work life, whatever it is that holds you to it. Well, I, you have to treat, even if it's your, say you'd start with yourself, right? If you have an appointment to do something, you have to treat it just like it's a VIP, right? If it's somebody that's a very important person, you know, if it's somebody that you, if you your favorite celebrity, if your favorite celebrity is on the calendar, you, if it's Oprah Winfrey, Oprah Winfrey meeting you on Tuesday at two o'clock, are you just going to stand her up? No, you're not. <laughs> you're going to move heaven and earth to make sure you make that appointment. But I would argue that you're more important than Oprah Winfrey, right? So I think you you have to give yourself that same respect. So it starts with you and then also it, with your family members, with whoever. You just really have to discipline yourself and it, it takes time. You know, it's not, it's one of those things, it's simple, but not easy, right? It's simple to say, yeah, make an appointment with yourself, keep the appointment, but it's not always easy, but you have to get into the habit of doing it and it, it can definitely help. You just mentioned something that I hope everybody heard about. You You have to make yourself important and put yourself first. We have a lot of people that we interact with and personal lives, business lives, sometimes ourselves that feel guilty almost by putting yourself first because we were taught a lot of us growing up that that's selfish. You always worry about others. You always, whatever, put others first and all of the other things out there you learn growing up and we take care of everybody else and not ourselves. So what advice do you have for people that feel guilty and say, gosh, you know, I, I got to take care of this. I got to take care of that. I got to take care of these people. I can't think about myself right now. What What do you say to them? Well, it's it's like the overused analogy about the airplane. You probably heard it, Kim, where they tell you if you go, if something happens, then the mask are going to come from the ceiling, the oxygen mask. You have to put your oxygen mask on first, right? That's what they always tell you. Put your own mask on first. That way you can help the person that's next to you. And, and I think that that's how it is. I think self-care is critical. Because if you aren't at a certain place, if you aren't at your best, you're not going to be equipped to help your family and help the other people around you. So, so I think the key is you have to be a little bit selfish with, with your time and prioritize self-care. I mean, I think that's, that's first and foremost. So for the people that can kind of get on board with, uh, all right, I understand I have to put my mask on first or I'm not going to be of any help at all. And they're going to do it out of compliance and not commitment. They're, they're, they're going to understand the theory, but not really believe that they're worth it. And 
it's hard to knock that humble out of people. It's hard to it. We got it knocked into us so much growing up. It's 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 hard <laughs> to then flip that around. Don't you think that that's a big challenge we see people face? Sure, absolutely. But I mean, sort of for me, I, I can say if if I'm just dead tired, like and, and this used to be for me. This is how it used to be for me. If I'm just dead tired at the end, I don't have any energy. I'm just spent. I I can't support my son. If my son comes to me with something, uh, my daughter, I I just, I don't have anything in the tank. But if I really prioritize, if I go to bed at a certain time, I wake up at a certain time, I exercise, I'm taking vitamins, I'm doing this. Now I've got energy. So it's really, I think you do the people around you the best. You you can benefit them the best by being at your best. You just say that so simply. Everybody's going to be like, (laughs) yeah, Eric, but what about if there's laundry to fold? And what about if there's grocery shopping and all the other little things I get through? And that's part of the accountability, right? Is looking at the things and trying to schedule things out and what is the flow that makes sense and sticking to it. I heard a quote this morning and I, for the life of me, the author's name is just going right out of my head right now, but it'll pop in when we're talking about something else because that's how my head works. But he said, when, when you procrastinate, you're stealing from yourself. You are stealing from yourself every time you procrastinate. And I, gosh darn it, this morning thought, holy cow, it's one of the most profound things that I ever heard because I just, how simple is that? You, you, when you're putting things off that you know you have to do, that's got to get done and you're making all this happen, you're stealing from yourself. You're stealing joy from yourself. You're stealing time from yourself. You're stealing results. Like that's a pretty dang good thing to say for somebody. I agree with that and because it, it even affects your emotional state. Like if you're procrastinating, something that you know you should be doing and you're not, you know, you start feeling that anxiety, right? So now you're, you're in an anxious place and you know, yeah, so you're basically, you're not where you would be if you just did it on time. So I, I think that's 100% accurate. The challenge with procrastination is that it's, it's a silent killer, right? Because it's not like, if you 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 said okay, I'm supposed to be working on this blog, and you put it off, let's say oh, I'll get I'll get to it later. It's not like the procrastination police come and knock your door down and arrest you. Right? <laughs> there there isn't like sometimes there isn't an immediate negative consequence, so you think you're getting away with it, and then let's say you do it the last minute. Let's say you, you let's say you write the blog at the last minute, and then everybody says, "Hey Kim, man, that was man, that was great. No, excellent, nice job." So now you start telling yourself. Oh, well, you know, I work better under pressure where every, <laughs> every study you ever read will tell you that it, the blog would have been a lot better if you had started earlier because your ideas would have more time to develop. So it's that, that, that's kind of the whole trick with procrastination. That's why it's a it's a big problem that we need to overcome. I wish there was a procrastination, please. I one time I think I even wrote an article about it at one time, but. We went to super conference and I pack an enormous amount. If anybody ever saw what I pack in my suitcases for super conference, but we came back and I was just exhausted because we're exhausted when we come back from there. And I thought I am not dealing with that suitcase today. And it wasn't things that I typically wear on a daily basis and just crazy hats and outfits and whatever. So I'm like, I'm just going to worry about that tomorrow. I don't want to deal with it. And then tomorrow came and I'm like, oh, I don't feel like. 
And that dang suitcase sat in my spare room, Eric, I'm embarrassed to say, I think for six weeks or something before. And every day it just got so more overwhelming. Like every day it was like a snowball effect of, oh my gosh, I got to go and unpack the thing. I got to go unpack. And it, and it, it just became, it took on a life of its own. It just took on a life of its own. So it was this huge thing. And then finally I went and did it. It took me 10 minutes. And then I was just furious with myself that I let all this time go by and all the time me thinking about it and stressing about it and like, oh my gosh, and the dread and the just ridiculous, just was ridiculous. So yeah, that's one of my uh, <laughs> aha moments about procrastination because it just, you make a mountain out of a molehill and, and things just get crazy. It just, it's just crazy. How embarrassing. So see, Look at I air all my dirty laundry, literally my dirty laundry from Super Conference in my suitcase. I'm airing on the podcast. Hey, confession is good for the soul, Kim. Confession sure is you, good. <laughs> I'm sure you feel a lot better now. Now that you've gotten that out, see. I ha- I am. Uh, it's it's there. <laughs> I tell you what. Thank goodness that was many years ago, and I go. don't do that anymore. I wish I could say I'm 100 percent procrastination free, but the, it's Rory Vaden. Is that how yes. you say his name? Rory Vaden, that said that. And I'll have to get mm-hmm. the exact quote. But I just was like, oh. so I have a lot of quotes stuck on my computer screen. And that that baby needs to get slapped up there. Yeah, he's got some great books on the topic. He's actually, it's funny you mentioned him. He's one of the, he's one of the people I read about well, on the topic of procrastination. I think he's really got some good content on that. We actually just had him on our book club, believe it or not. He was in our book club. As you yeah, were. I saw that. As you were. So. Wonderful. So what is one thing that our listeners can start doing right now to be more accountable, reduce procrastination or any of the other wonderful topics that we just solved all of the world's problems in around 30 minutes? Because we are that good. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're changing the world here, Kim. <laughs> but, but but no, so the one thing we've mentioned it, but I'm going to add some more detail to it, this idea of making the appointment with yourself. So for me, Right. I would say, OK, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to we'll go back to the the blog. I'm going to write a blog this week. It's going to be great. And then it would be Friday at five o'clock. I haven't written anything. Right. So so the key is to make the appointment with yourself. But you also have to include where you're going to do it. Right. So you, you want to have the date, the time and the place. I'm going to do it. Wednesday at one o'clock in my office, Wednesday at one o'clock at the local Starbucks. When, when you add where you're going to do it, the studies show that you're 40% more likely to get it done. Really? By adding a location and just not just a, assuming right. I'm going to write a blog. And so you typically do that in your office. So, but, but actually writing that down or typing it in the computer. Right. 40%. Saying exactly where you're going to do it. Yeah. You're, the chances of you actually following through go up by like 40%. I yeah. have not heard that. Mm-hmm. I've heard about the day and the time and the calendar, but not the location. It just adds an extra layer of accountability. Yeah. Holy cow. What do you think about accountability partners? I think it can be very effective. I think you're having someone. So it's funny. That's what ended up. Kim, first off, before I go there, I I have a a bad confession to make. Okay. We're done. You're confessing things. I got to get this out. I got to get this out. Okay. So it took me six years to write a book about overcoming procrastination. 
You started it or what? You started I a started. book? And- yeah, I was literally procrastinating <laughs> on a procrastination <laughs> book. <sighs> All right. Yeah, I, I had to get that out. I, I feel I feel much better. Just like you did earlier, you, you got your thing out. I got my thing out now. Now we can continue with this show. But now, let me, let, me, let me tell you what got me off of the procrastination thing. I had an accountability partner. I was a member of something called the National Speakers Association, and we were taking this little course within the association, and I had an accountability partner. Her name was Laura, and nicest person you'll ever meet, right? And so we would meet every Sunday, and and so one of the Sundays, um, I had said, I was, I'm going to have the outline for the book finished. I'm just, I'm just going to have it done. I'm going to have it finished. And so the following week comes up, and she's like, Eric, did you write the outline for the book like you said? No, I didn't, Laura. Oh, God. <laughs> and it was like the worst feeling ever. And it's like literally from that moment on, you know, we, we'd have these accountability meetings and she she's written a great book and I have my book. But that was that was critical um, to getting that done. So I the takeaway is I'm not immune to procrastination. And I do think having the accountability partner can help. Fantastic. Thank you for the wonderful advice and stories today. And if you would like to get a free copy of Eric's book that is signed by him, if you're one of the first five people that email me, the links will be below. And then after that, I'm sure Eric would be delighted if you're not in the first five that you go to. Is it still on? It's still on Amazon, right? It was last time. It's on Amazon.com. Yep. You go to Amazon.com and buy one that would, I'm sure, delight Eric as well. And uh, thank you for letting us give a few of the books away and all of your other feedback. So all of the links to Eric's things will be down the bottom and Eric will include your blog because that was one of the things that I mentioned. He's an international blogger. He's internationally known blogger. So all of that. So I, I thank you for carving out time and putting me on your calendar today. Appreciate it very much. And for everybody, thank you for staying tuned in today and stay safe, make good choices, stay inspired, and I will be back next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maximum Optane, your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas, or you just want to be a guest on my show, I want to hear from you. You can reach me directly at mlpodcast at autotraining.net. Thanks for listening and keep seeking information everywhere that you can.